Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. I want to draw your attention tonight to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. He said, my sword's under the pulpit. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll start reading it verse... We'll just read verse 6. Praise the Lord. If you have it, say amen. The word of the Lord says, But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Who's Him? God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, somebody say he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight on this subject, how to approach God. Amen. How to approach God. Why don't you turn around and bump fists with somebody and tell them, I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord with me tonight. Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. God. How do you approach God? Amen. There's uh, some folks would tell you um, that it's impossible to know God, that it's impossible to have a relationship with God. Um, some people would tell you that that uh, God is too far off, that uh, God is too righteous um, to be seen with degenerates like us. Somebody say amen. But I believe, according to Scripture, that we can know him. Amen. amen. How many believe that we can know the Lord? I believe that that we can have a personal relationship with the Lord. Amen. I believe that we can, uh, we can know, um, his characteristics. I believe that we can, we can get to know his likes and dislikes. I believe that we can get to know what pleases him. Um, I, I believe that we can get to know his voice. 
Amen. How many know that we can know the voice of God? Amen. How many know that the sheep know the shepherd's voice? The Bible says a stranger they will not follow. Amen. I believe in uh, knowing the Lord. Amen. I believe that we can know him in a personal way. I believe that we can know him just as me and Brother Smith are friends, acquaintances, friends. Uh, uh, he calls me sometimes his son. Amen. I'm about that age, and, and, and you're about that age. <laughs> Amen. It fits the bill. Uh, but I believe that we can know him intimately. Somebody say Amen. I believe that we can know uh, secrets about him, mysteries about him that other people don't know. Amen. Uh, I believe that Paul saw revelations of Jesus Christ that nobody else saw. He said, I was lifted up into the third heaven. He said, whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. All that I know is the things that I saw were unspeakable that cannot be uttered. Amen. I believe that God will show us things uh, that we never dreamed possible. I believe that we can feel uh, his presence in such a way that, 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 that it can bring Bring healing to every function of our being. Amen. But in order to have anything or to connect with God, we got to have faith. Somebody say amen. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. The first requirement for approaching God is you got to have faith. Amen. The, you got to have faith in what? Amen. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen. You're not putting your hope or your belief system in what you see. You're hoping for something beyond what you can see. Amen. The Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 17. So, um, hold on a minute. That's not the scripture I wanted. Romans 12 and 3, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Amen. How many know that God has given every one of us a measure of faith? Amen. We all have a measure of faith. That means we have a piece of faith or a part of faith. None of us have the whole thing. None of us have all of it. Amen. None of us have everything. I, as the pastor of this church, I don't have everything. Amen. If you think I have everything, there's going to be a day and time where you're disappointed and I'm out of a job. Amen. I don't have everything that there is to offer, amen, or to have. How many know that he said, he said, some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists for the work of the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Not one person can do it all or has it all. It takes many voices to bring definition and edification to the body of Christ. Amen. 
I heard somebody say, I'm not coming to church unless I can hear pastor preach. Well, you shouldn't say that. Amen. We need many voices. We need, uh, we need teachers. We need, we need elders that labor in the word that are living this thing out to stand before us and say, thus saith the Lord. Come on. We need some teachers that rise up among us that can teach us the word of God. Come on. We need some evangelists that can step in the pulpit and preach a fiery message from the Lord. We need an apostle. We need a prophetic voice in our life that can step into this pulpit and speak the mysteries of God. It's not going to happen through one person, but it's going to happen through a multitude of voices. God is going to make us who he wants us to be. Somebody say amen. But everyone is given a measure of faith. Amen. How do we get faith? Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so you're dealt a measure of faith. Amen. I believe every person that's born into the earth has a measure of faith. Anybody that tells me that they're an atheist, I, I, I don't believe it. Amen. Because there's a place on the inside of every person for God. Amen. Every person has a place and a desire for God, whether they know it or not, whether they understand it or not. There will come a point in their life where they will be confronted with a live, a living, and true God. Somebody say amen. There will come a time in their life when they come face to face with, face to face with circumstances that they can't control, something that they can't get out of, something that's bigger than them, stronger than them, more powerful than them. And they won't have but a choice uh, but to call on the name of the Lord. Somebody say amen. How many know it was your need that brought you to Jesus? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We're given a measure of faith. But when the word of God is preached, there is a, an increase or a burst of faith. Amen. You might have a little bit down on the inside that's laying dormant, that's really not active in your life. Amen. In an area of your life or in your life period. But when you the word of the Lord begins to be preached, that the, the, the word of the preacher uh, uh, laced with the anointing of the Holy Ghost will get down on the inside of you and start to resurrect that faith that's on the inside of you. And it gives you a little bit of a... A nudge, right? It picks you up and you're like, oh man, I haven't felt that in a little while. Amen. How many know that we need preaching? We need the word of God preached. We need the word of God spoken. Amen. We need the word of God recited in our homes. We need to memorize it. We need to know it inside out. We need to study it. Amen. Because in God's word is faith. Amen. If you want more faith, you need more of God's word. If you want to increase in faith. You need more of God's word. You need to fall in love with the truth of God's word. Fall in love with anointed preaching. Fall in love with anointed teaching of God's word. Get a hunger on the inside of you for God's word. Turn the television off. Turn the movies off and get some preaching out and let God resurrect your faith. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. 
You know that you can't be saved without preaching? Some people don't like preaching. I, I love preaching. Amen. Not just because I'm a preacher. I love preaching. I love anointed preaching. I love, I love uh, listening to somebody that can get in the spirit and begin to flow in the Holy Ghost and minister to my soul. Amen. I love it. I listen to it all day long. I listen to anointed voices. Amen. In my world, people that I trust that can speak into my life. How many know he said, know them that labor among you. Amen. But, but Romans 10, 14 and 15, he said, how then shall they call on him? whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring get glad tidings of good things come on I want to tell you tonight if you're going to get something from God it's going to come through preaching it's going to come through the word of the Lord if you need another level of revelation Get in the word. You need some preaching. You need somebody to preach the gospel to you. Amen. Somebody say amen. 1 Corinthians 1 and 18. For the preaching. Somebody say the preaching. Of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. To some people, the preaching of the cross is foolish. It's silly. It don't make any sense to them. But unto us which are saved, unto us that have experienced the power of it, it is the power of God. Amen. How many can feel that? For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise, he asks. Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that the wi wisdom of God, the world by the wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I want to tell you tonight, the reason that you're in the church is because somebody preached to you. The reason that you believe the cross is because somebody preached to you. The reason that you're here tonight saved, blood-bought, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost is because somebody got a hold of a revelation of the Word of God and preached to you Christ and Him crucified. Amen. That's why he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Them that believeth and are baptized shall be saved, but them that believeth not shall be damned. It's not, it's not your responsibility to save anybody, but to preach, to preach, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Some of the best sermons I preached, they weren't behind this pulpit. They were in Walmart. They were at on the job. Come on. They were when I was out delivering. And some God, God set up a divine appointment for me to speak into somebody's life. I want to tell you tonight, we need to be aware. We need to be understanding. It's our responsibility to share what God has shown us, to give everybody else what he has given us. Somebody say amen. Somebody say preach. Man, look at your neighbor and tell him preach. 
We need to preach. How is this gospel going to get to Cambridge? Amen. We're going to preach. Somebody say, preach it, preacher. Amen. Not just, not just the man behind the pulpit, but all believers. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. How is faith going to increase in Cambridge? The Anchor Church is going to preach it. Come on. How is it going to increase in your family? You're going to preach it. How is faith going to increase? We're going to preach the gospel. Somebody say, we're going to preach the gospel. Amen. The Bible says that Philip went down to Samaria. And preached Christ unto them. And the whole city believed. Beholding the signs and miracles and wonders that he did. For many with unclean spirits were cast out. And many sicknesses were healed. Come on. How many know that when he preached Christ unto them. That they believed the gospel. Somebody say they believed the gospel. Amen. There was revival in Samaria. They called for Peter and John that when they come down, they would lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And when Peter and John got there, the Spirit of God called Philip out of Samaria. And he said, I want you to go out into this desert place. I want you to, uh, and Philip left the revival in Samaria where people were being saved and healed and baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And he went out into this desert place and he saw afar off a chariot. And there was a man sitting in the chariot and the Spirit of the Lord said, go join yourself to the chariot. And so Philip ran down to the chariot and he saw saw the man sitting there reading from the prophet Isaiah's writings about Jesus, about he was a lamb led to the slaughter. Amen. And, and no doubt he was reading it out loud. And Philip said, do you understand what you read? Understandest thou what you read? And the eunuch said, how can I except some man guide me? Come on, what was he saying? How can I accept somebody be led of the Spirit? Come on, how can I accept somebody go into a desert place and find me sitting in a chariot reading from the prophet Isaiah's writings? That was no accident. I want, I want you to hear me tonight. That was a divine appointment set up by the Spirit of God so that Philip could preach. Philip said, understand what you read. And he said, how can I accept somebody preaches it to me? And the Bible says that Philip preached Christ unto him. And I want to tell you, that he got the revelation and he said what forbids me to be baptized and he said nothing amen right here's water and he got down out of the chariot and he baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen. We don't need a church building to preach. Come on, we don't need a pulpit to preach. We don't need a microphone to preach. We just need a walk with God, a revelation of who he is, a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ, a revelation of who he is to me, and you have what it takes to preach the gospel. Amen. He, Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. The only thing that can bring us to salvation is the gospel and somebody preaching it. Somebody say, preach it, preacher. How are you going to know what to believe?
How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? Amen. How many know that we need a preacher to preach to us? Amen. Sometimes people come to the Lord, and I was thinking today about this eunuch sitting in this uh, chariot reading from the prophet Isaiah's writings. Do you remember when you read the book of Isaiah for the first time? I have no idea what he's talking about. You know, it's okay to say that. Amen. I have, I have no clue. I remember when, when I first got the Holy Ghost and I really started reading my Bible. I started in the, the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because that's the Gospels. That's Jesus Christ. And, and I can understand that a little better. I tried to stay away from Old Testament prophecy because I really didn't understand what he was even talking about. Amen. How many know that uh, back back in the day of the when the eunuch was reading uh, the book of Isaiah, that's all they had. Amen. They didn't have New Testament scripture. They didn't have, all they had was the Old Testament writings, which was prophetic words about the Messiah that would come and that would give his life. Amen. But they, they needed somebody that understood the interpretation of those prophetic words. They needed somebody that could teach them, somebody that could preach to them. And the world that we live in today is no different. Amen. You might be sitting here tonight and you might not know what to believe. You might not know what's right and wrong. You might not know how, how to deserve the difference between right and wrong, what I should do and what I shouldn't do, what I should believe and what I shouldn't believe. Amen. How many know that we need somebody to preach the word of God to us? We need somebody to preach against sin. We need somebody to preach about hell. We need somebody to preach about the sweetness of heaven. We need somebody to preach to us and teach us how to praise the Lord, teach us how to magnify God, teach us how to be obedient to the word of the Lord. How shall they hear? without a preacher. I want to tell you tonight, we need to fall in love with truth preaching. With preaching, we need to fall in love with God's word again. Clap your hands and love him tonight. He's worthy. Amen. It's through somebody telling us. Somebody say, tell me about Jesus. It's through somebody telling us that causes us to come to God. Amen. Do you know that nothing happens by accident? That there are divine appointments. God will set you up on the job so that you can talk to somebody. So that you can encourage them. So that you can invite them to the house of God. So that you can be a voice of truth in their life. If that doesn't happen in your life, in our lives, we need to pray for that. Amen. We need to pray for those divine appointments. Amen. We need to pray for, for moments of, 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 um, people being placed in our lives so that we can touch their lives and speak truth into their lives. Somebody say, man, nothing happens by accident. Amen. I, I've had people come to the church. Mindy's brought some several folks in the last couple of months. And, and uh, one young lady, uh, after the service was over, I was talking with her in the altar. And, and she's like, um, 
this morning on my bed. I, I said the exact things to God that you were preaching about. Amen. I, the, the very, it was almost like you were there listening to what I was saying. And I said, I wasn't there, but God was. Right. God cares about us. Amen. He cares about us. Is that an accident? Amen. Is, is there, are there any accidents? To, uh, how many know that no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him? Amen. But the fact that somebody's speaking truth into your life and you have a desire to, to come to God. Amen. You have a desire to take a step towards God. Amen. It, it is, is, is an indication that faith is rising up in your life. Amen. The fact that you're in church tonight or the fact that, that you're moving towards God is an indication that faith is active in your life. Amen. And we can never look down on small beginnings or people taking small steps steps towards God. We have to understand everybody starts somewhere, but the fact that they're in the house of God, they might not move as fast as you want them to move or we want them to move, but the fact that they're taking baby steps towards God, moving toward the Lord, tells me that faith is active. It tells me that the Spirit of God is pulling on them and working in their life. And whenever I see them taking steps toward God, I say, love on them, Lord. Forgive them, Jesus. Heal their heart, God. Give them hope, Lord. Build them up, God. Heal their wounds, Jesus. Amen. When I see people taking baby steps towards God, it makes me want to tell them how good he is. Amen. It makes me want to testify and say where he's brought me from. I want to talk about how he's healed me, how he's delivered me. Come on. How he saved me from a life of sin and bad decisions. How he picked me up out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and made me faithful and made me strong in the Lord. Come on. This is not where we start, but we all started somewhere. Amen. I'm a testimony of the goodness of God. Amen. How many know that they that come to God must believe that he is? Amen. How are they going to believe that he is? There's going to be somebody testifying about the goodness of God. There's going to be somebody re re relaying the message of saying how he's met my need, how he's healed my family. Come on. How he healed my marriage, how he saved my children, how he delivered me from addiction. Come on. There's hope in Jesus and he can meet every need. Faith comes. By hearing and hearing by the word, but they that come to God must believe that he is. Amen. How many know he is? What does that mean, the word is? Let me find out for you. He is. Usually when the word is is used, it's, it's, it's to indicate uh, a state. The state of whatever's being named. Like, he is good. <laughs> Amen. He is my friend. He is, it leads to an adjective to describe what he is. But, but when it talks about coming to God, it says, you just got to believe that he is. Amen. Because he is. Amen. It doesn't matter 
what he has to be. Come on, he is. Amen. He is the I am that I am. He's the self-existent one. He has the ability to be whatever he needs to be. Come on. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He sees he's everywhere at the same time. He knows what we need. He, he can look in our hearts and know the very thought of our heart, the intents of our heart, the motivations behind every decision. And so when we come to God, we got to believe that he is. If you're sick, you got to believe he's a healer. If, if you're, if you're broken, you got to believe that he can bind up your wounds. If you, if you're a sinner, you got to believe that he can forgive you. Come on. Amen. He is somebody say he is. When we come to God, we have to believe that he is. Whatever that divide, defining characteristic is that we need to describe him, he is. He is good. He is faithful. He is just. He is merciful. He is the bread of life. He is water, uh, the, the living water that, that, that if you drink thereof, you'll never thirst again. Come on. How many know that he was that spotless lamb? He is the, he, he is the God that sits on the throne of heaven all-powerful, all-knowing, and whatever it is tonight that you need, God is. He is. He's everything that you need. Clap your hands and love him tonight. You got to believe that he is. Somebody say he is. We can't just... Most of the time, the, the things we know about God are some the things that other people have told us about God. I mean, you know, that's what brings us to God. It's the testimony, amen, of, of a saved person, a delivered person. Amen. But God doesn't want you to just know him through the testimony of somebody else. God wants you to know him through his working in your life. Amen. Faith brings you to God and opens the door for God to become what it is that you need in your life. Amen. How many know that it's through God's word that we understand who he is and how he works? And so it's the applying or application of God's word to our lives, amen, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Once you hear it, how many know hearing it is not enough? Hearing it is a start. Someone say it's a start. But James said faith without works is dead being alone. Amen. Faith is. Uh, is is active when we hear the word of God, but faith requires an action. Amen. And so when the word of God is preached or we understand or we read it, we hear and hear. A lot of times you'll be reading it in your Bible at home and you'll step into the church and the preacher will start preaching about it. You're hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. It's, it's two voices. How many know that let the Bible says let every 
word be established by two to three witnesses. Amen. God will witness his word. He will establish his word. Amen. He, he, will, he, he will cause you to hear and hear by the word of God. But it's not enough just to hear it. There has to be an application of God's word. It has to be applied to our everyday life. Somebody say amen. It has to be put to practice. I got to come to God. Okay? That's what we need to get tonight. I got to come to God. That's the starting place. They must believe that he is. You wouldn't be, be here if you didn't think he was. Right? I believe that he is. And, somebody say and, that he is a rewarder of them Amen. It's, I got to believe that he is, but then I got to believe he wants to do something for me. Right? And he said, draw nigh unto God. And he'll draw nigh unto you. What's that mean? You're God. <laughs> Sister Smith said, what? Draw nigh unto God. He'll draw nigh unto you. <laughs> he took like four steps. Did you notice that? Right? Take a step toward the Lord, and he'll take a step towards you. Draw nigh unto God. Come on. Amen. God's not going to move, move in unless you allow him to. He's not, he's not going to he's not going to just kick the door open and take over your life and say, "Okay, we need some change around here." How many know that's what some of us are waiting to happen? Amen. We want God to kick down the door and say, "Don't do that anymore. If you do it again, I'm going to kill you." Come on. How many know it says, "Behold, he said, I stand at the door and I knock." If any man will open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him and he with me. Amen. Jesus is wanting to be a part of your life, a part of our lives. But the question is, is the door open? Come on. Is, is, is there an opportunity for him to do what he wants to do, to bring into your life what he wants to bring into your life? I'm telling you, he's knocking right now, looking for an opportunity for you to open the door. Amen. If you open the door and give him access, he will come in and he'll start fixing things. Come on. He's a fixer. Amen. He's a finisher. He is a finisher. Amen. He'll come in and he'll work with you. He'll take care of things. He'll make you strong. He'll give you wisdom. Come on. He'll give you understanding. He'll pour blessing out upon your life and deliverance into your heart. And before you know it, a year down the road, you'll be seeing people on the street and they'll say, who are you? You don't even look like the same person. You look like somebody totally different. And you'll say, you know what? I am. And there'll be an opportunity for you to preach. Amen. 
If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Somebody say open the door. Too many times when we think about getting close to the Lord, everybody thinks the same thing about religion. And, and I wouldn't say it's wrong. Uh, when people come to church, they start thinking about the things they got to give up. Well, there's people who told me, well, let me get my life cleaned up first and then I'll serve God. I'm I'm serious. Is that the truth? I'm like, no, no, no. That's not how it works. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good, right? You get God and then he makes you who you're supposed to be. He starts putting his hands on you and molding you and making you. God will never ask you to give up something that's not destroying your life in some way. And it'll always be something that you like because we do like things that kill us. It's, it's the fleshly way. I mean, that's the way we're, that's the way the sinful nature of man is. It's self-destructive. The things that feel the best are the worst for you. <laughs> Boy, I didn't get any amens right there. Maybe I should just preach to this wall. But when God's word says it's wrong, that means it's destructive. And like any good father, wants the best for his children. Amen. And even though we don't understand it in the moment, if God's asking for it, there's something else he wants to put in its place. Because when you draw nigh unto God, come on, he'll draw nigh unto you. And if you take something that is in you or a part of you and you say, okay, God, and you lay it aside, guess what? He takes something that's his and puts it right in its place. Amen. Because that's the kind of God that we serve. And in order for him to fill you with the fullness of who he is, you got to be willing to empty yourself out of who you've become on your own. Come on. If you're willing to empty yourself out of who you've become on your own, God will fill you with everything that he is. And I want to tell you, there's nothing like the blessing of the Lord. There's nothing like the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There's nothing like walking with God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, the, the, the first time I felt the Holy Ghost, I was hooked. Amen. I'm hooked. I'm 
telling you, I, I, I thought I knew what it felt to feel good until I got the Holy Ghost and there was total and complete fulfillment and satisfaction in the innermost being of my soul. Come on, to the deepest part of the foundation of my being. It touched me in a place nothing else could touch me. It, it filled me up in a place that nothing else could fill me up to. Come on, there was a, a place on the inside of me that was longing and empty, but the Holy Ghost filled it up and it gave me hope and a desire to live and to serve him. Somebody say amen. You know, he'll give you the Holy Spirit if you ask for it. Somebody say amen. I got way off my message. Amen. How many know that we must believe that he is? The Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 16, I'm going to try to make the last 10 minutes of this. I'm going to try to breeze right through. He said, let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace, unto the throne of grace, that we might may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Okay, understand tonight that when we come to God, most of the time, it's because we need something, right? How many times have we ever ran to the church because we just wanted to give him worship? I'm talking when we weren't living right. You know, most of the time when we come to God, it's because we need him. That shouldn't be the only time we call on him. But we need to understand that he cares about us. And he wants us to come boldly. Somebody say, come boldly. Come boldly unto the throne of grace that you can find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Because how many know he is a present help in trouble? Amen. He's a present help. He is. Amen. So when we're in trouble, we can run to the throne and he, he'll hear us and he cares about our dilemma. Amen. It doesn't matter if it's if it's self-inflicted. It doesn't matter if it's something that you did wrong to cause it. It doesn't matter if uh, uh, it's a failure or, or, or a weakness. It doesn't matter if it's somebody else's problem. Come on. How many know that God cares about us and he wants us to bring our needs unto the throne? How many know that he sits on the throne of heaven? Heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. He sits on the throne of heaven and he rules with a strong hand. Amen. How many know nothing happens without God? Amen. He's the self-existent one. Uh, by him, all things consist. Everything continues in operation because of him. And we have to understand that he cares about our life. There's a divine order for our life, a divine plan for our life. And even though we've gotten off track, he wants us to come boldly before his throne so that he can help us in our time of need, so that he can give us wisdom and understanding and healing and forgiveness. Come on, somebody. How many know that God wants to hear about our troubles? Elbow your neighbor and tell him he wants to hear. Sometimes I think we just think about God, that he's just way off so, so far away, not even 
paying attention to what's going on in my life. And that's just not the case. Amen. How many know that God is continually at work? Amen. He's, he's working on your situation. Somebody say, come boldly. We need to come boldly, but we need to come with sincerity. Now, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road here because we come to God because we believe that He is. Okay? That's the come boldly. But that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. That's the sincerity. Amen. Sometimes we come to God because we want Him to fix our problem. But God's not really necessarily desiring to just fix our problem. Because if He just fixes our problem, in two weeks we're going to end up in the same predicament. Because in order... To fix the outcome, you got to change the character, right? The decisions have to be different. Amen. And so when you come to God, you got to come boldly, but you got to come with sincerity. Okay? I want you to hear this scripture. Put it up here on the board. John 3, 19. Start at 19. We'll read from verse 21. This is so good. And this is the condemnation. Somebody say condemnation. That light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Now, hold on a minute here. The reason that you don't run to God is not because you don't believe that he is. It's because you know what you've been doing. And you're hiding in the dark. Because as long as I stay in the dark, nobody can see what I'm doing. But the moment that you step into the light, it becomes apparent. Right? Let me read the rest of this. And then we'll go somewhere. For everyone that doeth evil. Okay. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Somebody that is totally and completely sincere is transparent. What's that mean? That means anything that's transparent, the light 
can shine through it. Okay? You ever met anybody that's transparent? I try to be transparent. I try to be 100% because the moment that you hold something back and hide something, guess what? You're stepping into the darkness. But when you're sincere, you don't care about any of that. That's not, that don't matter because I can't be saved from it if I don't expose it. Come on. And when I step in to the light, I understand, listen, this is going, you're, they're going, God's going to see me the way I really am. How many know that regardless of the darkness, he sees you anyways? He knows what you're doing. He knows where you've been, the thoughts of your heart, the intents, the motivations, the places you're going, the people you're talking. He knows it all. He's not surprised by it. But we want to hide from people. So when you come to God, here it is. I'm stepping into the light because I want to make sure that the way I'm living is right. I want to make sure that the, well, how, how, did, how did it go? You, you took it off too quick. The last verse. <laughs> Messing up my flow here. <laughs> but he that doeth truth, I got it written, but I wanted you to see it on the board. 21 cometh to the light that his deeds, somebody say his deeds, may be made manifest, right? They may be brought to light. They might be exposed to, 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 to prove that they are wrought in God or that they, found, they find their foundation in God's word, right? So when you come to God, you come to him to be exposed, right? You come to him in sincerity and in truth with, with, with everything in the open. Amen. I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. He knows who I am. But the, the fact that I'm hiding in the dark or I'm hiding something from God, it means that I'm wanting to stay in the dark. I really don't want to be free from it because I'm hiding from the truth. Come on. I'm hiding from the fact I'm doing it. I'm hiding from the fact that that's who I am. I just need to accept the fact uh, this is who I am this is what I've done in order for me to be saved from it I got to confess it if you confess your sin he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness but you in order to be right you have to admit that you're wrong in order for me to be made righteous I got to admit I have a problem I got to admit I'm wrong and God will forgive me It does no good to hide it. You know what? In fact, when we, when you all know what I'm talking about, when you do something wrong and you, you, you'll lie about it because you don't, you don't want to feel like a failure. Understand, we all fail. Amen. Every one of us has to be truthful with God and with ourselves. Amen. Uh, you know what it feels like when you do something and you try to creep back into the shadow. You know, have you ever been sitting in the pew and, and the preacher's preaching? 
and you just wanted to crawl under the pew because you know without a shadow of a doubt he's talking to you. You're like, you start squirming. That's the best kind of preaching. You're like, stop it. Amen. Wish he'd move on to something else. Amen. The fact that you're being poked by it means something. Amen. What do you need to do? Don't hide under the pew. Step into the light. Right? God, that's who I am. He's talking about me. He's talking about my life. He's, the, the Word of God is exposing me. And what is sincerity? It's sincerity is stepping into the light. It's being transparent and open. That's who I am. That's what I've done. And I accept it. I accept responsibility for it. And in that moment, God can forgive you and wash it away because you took responsibility for your actions. Not only that, but this is the good part. Something that's transparent reflects the light. You didn't even get it. <laughs> Something that is not transparent absorbs the light, but there's no response from it. Right? But a window that's transparent reflects what's shining into it. When the light shines into you, which is the Word of God, and you're transparent and open about the situation, and you want to make sure that the way that you're living is right, amen, and you're willing to expose whatever it is that you've been hiding uh, immediately, the moment that you step into the light, yeah, God forgives you, but then you have the ability to reflect, reflect the Word that's been preached to you. You become the Word. You become the expression of the light that has been exposed to you because you're transparent and honest about about who you are. Wow. That was a revelation for me. Somebody say, I want to be sincere. You know, the hardest thing to do for a man, I've never been a woman, so I don't know. Okay. And I'm never going to be. Just for, so everybody knows. I make a joke around the house. I said, I'm turned 45 and I'm turning into a woman. I'm getting smaller and shrinking down a little bit. That's not very nice. I forget what I was talking about. I'm glad I could amuse you. What was I talking about? Oh, okay. Thank you. It's to admit when they're wrong. Anybody have ever had to eat that humble pie? I've done it quite a bit because my wife's right a lot more than I am. You ever have that happen? You get in a, a, a dispute about something, and you're sure. You're 100% sure. That's, that's not the way it was. The way I said it, that's the way it was.
you're wrong. You're wrong. And then come find out you are wrong. And you're like, Becca says, you ever get tired of being wrong? sit down. He said, I had that discussion too. <laughs> but the hardest part, I've had, I had to go back and make right things in my past that I lied about. I had to go back and make it right because I knew because I, I knew I lied about it. And you know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that a lie, lying tongue hates the people who are afflicted by it. It hates the people. But really, the interpretation of that is it loves itself more than it loves them. Amen. I had to go back and lie about that. That was one of the hardest things I've ever done. People I love. Amen. But the moment I did, I was released. There was a, there was a deliverance that came to my spirit that I believe would not have come if I wasn't 100% transparent. Somebody say, be transparent. If you're going to come to God, you got to be 100% transparent. If you lied, make it right. Be honest about it. Somebody say, be honest about it. believe that he is. And when we come to the light, how many know we need to run to the light? I want to make sure the way I'm living is right. I want to make sure I'm doing right. Amen. When I make an approach to God, I'm going to come boldly, but I'm going to come with sincerity. Amen. Because God's just not wanting to work on your situation. He's wanting to work on you. You know, if he can fix us, he can fix our circumstances. Somebody say amen. We got a few more minutes. Are you tired? Everybody's, yeah, but go ahead anyway. Luke 18, 10 through 14, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. <laughs> I love how he says that. He prayed with himself. Careful. He prayed thus with himself. He wasn't praying to God. He's praying for himself, right? I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. 
They're standing in the same altar. He's like, man, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like this guy. We laugh about it. But sometimes we do it. And then he started giving his resume. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he said. And he will exalt you in due time. He'll lift you up. Bring yourself down. And God will lift you up. Amen. Understand. How many know that this Pharisee had no self-awareness? He thought very highly of himself. He thought very highly of the way that he was living. The things that he was doing. And he thought the things that he was doing, it gave him a right to have what he was asking for, right? Like an entitled spirit. Amen. If we're going to come to God, we got to come humbly. Amen. We got to realize that none of us would would have anything without the Lord. Amen. Without Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that was paid on the cross and the blood that was shed, every one of us would be lost. Amen. So when we come to God, we have to realize who we are. Amen. How, how do we approach God? We come boldly. We come sincerely. And we come humbly before Him. Amen. Humbly realizing I, I, I am but flesh. Amen. I, I am I am but uh, like the grass of the field, like the flower of the grass. Uh, I'm here today and gone tomorrow like a vapor in the wind. Here one moment and gone the next. But God is eternal. Amen. And if I want to spend eternity with him, I got to be understanding of how to approach him. Somebody say, amen. Stay with me all around the building. Amen. The faith to approach God. How many want to have the faith to approach God? But not just the faith to approach Him. But the faith to put to action the things that He speaks to me. Deliverance don't come just because you come to God. But in your response to God. The fact that you're here and you want to know more about Him is a miracle, really. It is. And that can only come from the Lord. But there's got to be something on the inside of us that wants 
to change. That wants what he has. And proof that we want what he has will be willing to give him what he's asking for. God would not call you to him if he didn't want to heal your life. He would not call you to him if he did not want to use you and make you a vessel of honor. Amen. To heal up the wounds. To change the circumstances. I guess my question tonight is, are you truly open to what God wants to do in your life? Are you, are you truly open to being healed and being delivered? I don't, I don't think the problem tonight is that you don't think that he can or that you don't think that he is. I think the problem is, is we haven't developed the sincerity necessary to step out into the light and say, here it is. This is, this is who I am. Lord, I lay down every facade. I lay down every self-image of how I want to be portrayed and how I want to be seen. I lay down every idea of who I think you are. And I, I stand before you exposed tonight. 100% open to what you want to do in my life. And I want to tell you tonight, the healing is going to come as a result of your sincerity because he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Anybody can go to church. Anybody can lift their hands in the congregation. But the people that are going to be saved and changed and used by God are going to be the people that can be transparent with the Lord. And not just with the Lord, but with everybody around them. Amen. This is who I am. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to hide. I heard a wise man say one time, if you don't hide nothing, you don't have nothing to hide. Somebody say, man. I wonder if we, if we could step into the light tonight. Hey, man, that's our desire. I wonder if we could do that tonight as a family, as a church family. I wonder if we could make our way down to this altar, step into the light and say, God, me coming forward tonight and, and, and kneeling down at this altar, I'm humbling myself. I'm coming boldly, Lord, but, but I'm coming transparently tonight, God totally and completely exposed before you. God, I don't want to stay in the darkness any longer, Lord. 
I don't want to stay in the evil. I don't want to stay in that lifestyle. I don't want to keep that pain and that suffering and that addiction. I don't want to keep it, Lord. And I realize that if I live this lie any longer, that's where I'm going to end up. I'm going to end up living in darkness for eternity. God, I step into the light tonight. I step into trueness. I step into reality, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would shine your light upon my life. Mold me and make me who you want me to be. Come on, with sincerity, cry out to the Lord. There's liberation when you step into the light. Come on, there's liberation. I give myself away. There's deliverance when you step into the light. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.